It's finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mangan. I'm very excited to have a very cool guest here. Um, over the last three or four months, I've been um, quantumly parish, parish, parachuted <laughs> into, into a really cool quantum overlay of some amazing people. Uh, my dear friend Kulu introduced me to an amazing guy called Yannick Silva. I'm now in some really cool stuff he's doing. And he's like, I've got someone cool you've got to meet. I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. And everyone that Yannick's put me on to so far has been amazing. I have no doubt that there's going to be another one of those such meetings. Looking forward to sharing an amazing human with you today. Please introduce yourself and let the people know who you are, where you're from and what you do. Blackson, uh, from everywhere, born in Ghana, West Africa, father's from Ghana, mother's Japanese, grew up in London, live mm-hmm. uh, all over the US and Mexico now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wait, 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 you're in Mexico? Uh, not in Mexico now, but I also live in Mexico. I have a, I have a place in Tulum and- uh, I live in Mexico, I live in Cabo there. Oh, nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to cross paths soon. Definitely, definitely. So I help people transform. I'm a nationally best-selling author and a transformational teacher. That's what I do. So let's get into this. So we've got London in the mix. We've got US in the mix. You were born where, sorry? Yeah, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. And born in Ghana? So, so oh, father- say. Basically, my my father's, <laughs> my father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. Uh, we had to leave Ghana because of a coup, a bloody political coup. The president was getting uh, basically killed at the time, and my father was very close to the president. He would my father. Ah the president's spiritual teacher. And so we had to escape out of Ghana. My father happened to be in London. And as a result, uh, my mother and I were smuggled out of Ghana into London. And that's what took us there and changed the trajectory of, 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 of my life. Personally, you know, for me as a young boy, I was a very sensitive kid. So I felt people suffering. I felt people's pain. And there was always a deep desire in my soul at a very young age, beyond the logic. I really wanted to, I wanted to alleviate people's suffering. I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know how I would do that. But certain things didn't make sense to me. You know, why do some people who seem to have every reason to be happy, every reason to, you know, money, fame, family, success, career, yet they're miserable. And I grew up Mm -hmm. around, I grew up in South London. And so I grew up in a place called Peckham and Brixton. And I picked that. In a time where it wasn't fun to be yeah, around. Yeah, before, before gentrification. Before gentrification. <laughs> and so I grew up around a lot of folks that didn't have a lot. And yeah, mm-hmm. they seemed to be fulfilled and happy. And so I started to ask myself the question at a very young age, the sense of like, what is this life all about? Is it, mm. and what's the purpose of life? Where do we come from? Where do we go? Why are we here? Is it just to wake up, go to sleep, eat shit, make money, you know, have sex, make babies, buy a car, go on vacation and then die? Like surely mm-hmm. there has to be more to life than mm. just that. And so for me, I began asking these questions at a young age. Also, one of my first memories as a young boy was literally seeing a, this is in Ghana, West Africa, when I went back, seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor, she picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. And so week after week, I grew up seeing miracles, so to speak, blind wow. people seeing, you know, mm-hmm. the same man whose sand she picked up would look at a woman in a wheelchair, for instance, and say, hey, why are you in this wheelchair? You're not sick, mm-hmm. stand up. The person would say, but I haven't walked in 10 years. 
stand up. Do you believe? Boom, this person would stand up. Some Jesus level done, shit. This is some high level uh, miracle stuff. But for me, mm. it didn't seem like anything abnormal. I grew up because it's what you've it. been conditioned. It's to, what I to see as it, normal. It's what I had seen. It's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And so this man was my father, and mm-hmm. my father built three hundred churches in Ghana, West Africa. He had a huge church in London in Wandsworth at the time with five, six thousand people every Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. And I grew up in this environment. And for me, it started because I started speaking in my father's churches when I was age eight, age fourteen. Mm-hmm. I was ordained as a minister. Mm-hmm. I was given the mandate to take over my father's spiritual organization. And mm-hmm. I was the guy that was supposed to take things to the next level. It was announced this congregation. He had, you know, in, God, in Africa, hundreds of thousands of devotees and followers and congregants. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of expectations on me as a young boy to be mm-hmm. next, you know, the next leader, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at 14, a strange thing. I knew that that wasn't my path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that something in my heart didn't feel right. Something in my heart didn't quite resonate. And so mm-hmm. I was too afraid, honestly, to to speak my truth. I was, I was afraid that if I really dared to be myself, if I mm-hmm. really dared to be authentic, if I really dared to speak my truth to my father, that I would be alone, that I'd lose his mm. love, I'd be outcast, I'd be abandoned, and then, mm. you know, I'd just be by myself. And, and so out of fear, and I think in so many ways, fear stops us, fear hijacks us, fear stops us from doing what we love, fear stops us from being who we are. If, mm. if you really know who I am, then you won't love me. Fear stops us from pursuing our dreams. Fear stops mm. us from being successful. Fear stops, stops us from shining our light. Fear stops us and hijacks us in so many ways. And so for me, um, I allowed fear to to sort of to, to, to contract contract me, you contract mm. me and and so I went along with it for four years from fourteen to eighteen I was ordained as a minister huge mm-hmm. ceremony you know mm-hmm. speaking in my father's churches literally every few weeks kind of mm-hmm. leading to to the best of my capacity and when I when I reached seventeen eighteen. Uh, I had a decision to make. I had just completed my A-levels in, in, in London, mm-hmm. or I was just completing, and I decided to not go to university. I figured if I want to help people with life, I need to live life, and life has more mm-hmm. to me than a school. <laughs> yeah. And I looked into my future, and I felt such a huge calling. Something was pulling me in an unknown direction. Mm. The unknown direction was to leave everything behind. The unknown direction was to come to the U.S. Sometimes I believe what you're guided to do, what your soul guide you to do doesn't always make sense to your mind is not yeah. always convenient it's not always convenient not always convenient it's not convenient and and yet i felt guided i wanted to come to the us i wanted to come to the us because this is where all of the the spiritual self-help personal development authors were you know tony robbins deepak chopra marianne williamson wayne dyer yeah you know, canfield they were all, all in, in, in in like southern california and mm-hmm. and Los Angeles and San Diego. So for me, this was the Mecca. And so I felt my soul calling me into this unknown direction, yet my entire life was set out for me. I mean, Mm. the path was set and I looked into my future, the expected path. And I saw that I could be successful by everyone else's standards, the house, the Mm -hmm. fame, the success. But if I didn't have myself, if I didn't have my integrity, if I didn't have my peace, what the hell? What, what what the hell is that? What kind of success is that really? And I felt, I felt such a depth of pain when I projected into my future at age twenty, age thirty, age forty, age fifty. Age, I felt like a, a a death in my soul, and I knew what mm. I had to do. And so, cut a long story short, I had a tough conversation with my father, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't told him I'm not taking over. We didn't speak for two years um, mm-hmm. and packed my bags and was stuck because I had no money, no college degree, no family support with the exception of my mother and oh, wow. ended up, of course, ended up winning. Uh, this is the short version, but ended up winning a green card in the green card lottery to come to the US. <laughs> if you ever wanted a sign that it was ordained for you, then that, there it is. <laughs> that, that was the sign. And I really believe that when we truly follow our deeper soul, soul's guidance, when we truly follow what is aligned for us, we bring ourselves into the flow. We bring ourselves into alignment. And I think when we really live in alignment, even if it doesn't make sense, even if we don't know where we're going, that's mm-hmm. when, because we're in the true authentic flow, that's when the universe rises to support us. And for me, winning mm-hmm. the green card was just a sign. So came to the US, two suitcases, $1,000, knew no one in the country, showed up and began my life. And that was you know, the, the beginning of the, the amazing journey over the last 20 or so years. Okay, okay. So I just need to just make sure that everybody caught that because there are many people for whom the trappings of having fame, success, and adoration, let's have it, you know, a lot of us would, be, would love to be adored by tens and hundreds of thousands of people. That was offered to you on a plate. Yeah. And you were like, but what does my soul have to say about it? As a teenager, <laughs> Most teenagers are dealing with hormones. They're dealing with, am I going to have my first girlfriend and all of the thing. You have this massive decision that many people don't face until much later in their life. And you had sufficient wisdom to listen to that voice and then allow yourself to be guided. I just want to honor that for a second. It's the first time we're meeting, first time we're getting to connect. And I just want to say... That's damn ass gangster. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, really amazing. Um, I'm interested to see where the story goes from here because we're, uh, what, 18, 19 year old? Yeah, 18, 19 year old coming to the, came to the US, showed up at the Mm -hmm. airport, won my green card, showed up at the airport, uh, asked the uh, taxi guy to take me somewhere safe and cheap, takes me to Venice Beach when Venice Beach wasn't that hip. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I cried my eyes out for months, got a tiny little shoebox apartment with no, with nothing, no furniture, no kitchen, just one room with a toilet inside that one room. But, you know, I felt peace and I felt free and I felt mm-hmm. happy because I felt a deep sense of alignment and integrity that I was following my soul's path. I knew Mm -hmm. in my heart that I was not compromising myself. And I really feel that you cannot be truly fulfilled and happy living Mm -hmm. someone else's life. You cannot Mm -hmm. be truly fulfilled and happy being someone that you're not. And I think one of the things that keeps us stuck as human beings, keeps us from being truly fulfilled and happy, even if you achieve the outer version of what we define as success, and that's a whole other conversation, One of the things that I think keeps us stuck are all the ways that we lie to ourselves, all the ways that we don't tell ourselves the truth, all the ways that we bullshit ourselves, all the ways that we rationalize. So so out of fear, we stay in relationships that we know, we know deep in our hearts is not aligned, is not right. We're not in love anymore. We've outgrown it. It's not resonating anymore. We've fallen out of love. We've stopped growing, but we stay in a relationship out of comfort out of Mm -hmm. guilt, out Mm -hmm. of familiarity. And Mm -hmm. when we say, you know, we make excuses. Well, it's okay. It's not so bad. Uh, 
maybe they'll grow, maybe I'll grow, maybe we can make it work when deep down we know it's not resonating. We work jobs just ultimately to survive. And yes, we need to function and survive. But for years, we compromise and we betray our purpose. We betray our truth. We betray what we have been put on this planet to do. And we work jobs that we know in our hearts is not the true authentic expression for why we were put on this planet, why we incarnate. Mm. And I think there's nothing more painful than feeling inside of yourself, the potential, the greatness, the gift, the something, the deeper reason for why you were put on this planet and to not express that. And so many times we work jobs, you know, making excuses. Ah, it's fine. It's okay. It pays the bills. It pays the bills. And so mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we have to give up, we have to face, we have to stop lying and bullshitting ourselves. And we have to start bringing ourselves, if we really want to create a shift, we have to start bringing ourselves into the truth. What is the truth of what I feel? What is the truth of who I am? And so a couple of questions that I had to sit with and ask myself that I invite my client to sit with, people I work with to sit with is, number one, what lies am I telling myself? Mm. What lies am I telling myself? Number two, what am I pretending to not know? Because in many ways, we pretend that we don't know, yet deep down we know. We play a game. We play a game. Oh, I don't know that. Oh, no, I don't know that. Of confusion. I'm not sure. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I should do. When deep down we damn well, we know. We know. Mm -hmm. Here's here's an example. Okay, for those that might be going, "Uh," we play this game of confusion, right? And so maybe you're in a relationship and you're like, well, I don't know if this is the one. I don't know if he's the one. I don't know if she's the one. We we have conversations with our best friend. Is it? Isn't it? I'm not sure. This goes on for years, right? Our friends Mm -hmm. can see it. We're flipping ourselves around in circles. But the moment we break up with that person, we tell our friend, you know, I I knew. I knew it wasn't going to work. There's a part of us that knows but many mm-hmm. times we don't acknowledge that knowing because once we acknowledge the depth of our knowing we have no one else to blame we have no more excuses we have to take responsibility for ourselves mm-hmm. once we acknowledge that then there is the fear of the consequence or that we actually have to do something about it when we live in the confusion we can always abdicate responsibilities but truly mm-hmm. shifting one's life we have to be willing to take full responsibility for who we are, what we feel, and where we're going. And so what are you pretending to not know? There's a part of us that knows everything deep down because at the deepest level, we're connected to everything. The third mm-hmm. thing I'd invite people to sit with is what is what is it costing me? What are the lies I'm telling myself? What is it really costing me? Because really, if we really let ourselves tell the truth and feel the pain of being in a loveless relationship, feel the pain of simply, you know, uh, waffling away or wasting away our potential in a job for 10 years that we freaking hate and we let ourselves feel the pain of that, it will burn. What we tend to do rather than feel the pain as human beings is we tend to distract ourselves. We feel the pain, but we'll sex it away, we'll drink it away, we'll smoke it away, away. we'll drug Mm -hmm. it away, we'll shop it away, we'll social media away, just so that we don't feel the depth of pain of the truth of what we feel. When we're out of alignment, it should be painful. When we're Mm -hmm. out of alignment, it should hurt. When we're not Mm -hmm. in integrity with ourselves, it should be painful. That what we need to understand is that pain is a signal. That pain is feedback. That that pain 
is our friend. That pain is showing us, if we're willing to pay attention to that signal, where we are not in truth, where we're not being honest, where we're not in alignment. So if we can use that pain, feel that pain, acknowledge that pain, embrace that pain, and use that pain as a as a feedback me- mechanism to bring ourselves in alignment, you know? And so I think those, to me, truth, if, if all we did was feel the truth, live the truth, speak the truth, tell the truth, so much of our issues and challenges in life would clear up. Mm. I've got this um, memory. I don't know if I read it, I don't know if I said it, or even if I wrote it, but is that a lot of the manifesting or creating or, you know, moving that we'd like to do in our life get blocked by resistance and resistance is a, it can just be just a disconnect from the truth or fighting the truth that is. And when we stop that battle, which is essentially just a battle with ourselves, things open up, we can get clarity, we can start to have that movement forward. Um, and I, this whole thing of um, the lies that we're telling ourselves, the truth that we're refusing to know, it's just re- a rejection of what is, the resistance to a rejection of what is. And as long as we're rejecting what is, how can we move into something else? If we're pushing away, how can we be calling in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we resist the deeper truth. See, even many times in terms of manifesting or in terms of our goals, mm-hmm. uh, I'll just say this way. <laughs> if we're not in touch with the truth, mm-hmm. we might get what we want. Okay. Mm -hmm. We might even manifest, I'll say what we want, which is really what we think we want. Yeah, of course. There's moments where you might manifest what you really wanted or what you thought you wanted, only to realize, wait a second, is this it? Is this it? I I have the Lamborghini, I have the house, I got the girl, I got the thing, I got the million dollars. I'm not happy because what mm-hmm. we thought we wanted was just what we thought we wanted based on who we thought we, thought were, we were, not mm-hmm. necessarily what the authentic truth of our being is, the authentic truth. See, mm. then goal setting becomes a limitation of mm-hmm. our deeper truth. In many mm-hmm. ways, goal setting becomes a projection. The goals that mm-hmm. we're setting become the projection of an unmet need, maybe as a young boy or as a young mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. We were abandoned, we were bullied, mommy wasn't there, daddy wasn't around, we felt mm-hmm. unloved, we felt unworthy, unloved, insecure, invalidated. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're carrying this wound around unconsciously. And so we project into the world, oh, if I can get that body, if I can get that guy, if I can make that billion dollars, if I can do that thing out in the world, then I'm gonna be happy, then I'm gonna be valuable, then I'm gonna be enough. So the goal that we're setting is not even an authentic goal, it's a projection to meet an unmet wound that will never be met in the world. Mm. Never be met in the world. And that's why I think we're on a constant treadmill of seeking, 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 seeking. If goal setting and achieving goals was the key to fulfillment and happiness, nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm not anti-manifestation. But I think we have to look at, if, if goal setting was the answer, then, I mean, every billionaire would be the most enlightened and happiest people. <laughs> And, and and they're not. I've worked yeah. with 40 of them and they're, and, and they're not. And it's okay. And so I think we have to really reflect something deeper. We have to go to a deeper level of assessing the deeper motivation for why we want what we want and mm-hmm. really connecting to who we are truly authentically. Because when we mm-hmm. know who we are truly authentically, that's when we can align with 
what it is we really want. To me, there's a, there's a new paradigm and an old paradigm that I feel is happening. The old paradigm is asking yourself the question from a goal setting perspective, what do I want? What do mm -hmm. I want? The I that I think I am, which is really a conditioned version of myself based on the past. So what mm -hmm. do I want? To me, this is an ego-based model of creating life. Mm -hmm. To me, the, the, the sort of new paradigm is, is really to do with truth, with authenticity, with alignment, with, mm -hmm. dare I say it, what my book is about, which is surrender, which is mm -hmm. actually, I call it soul setting, which is a deeper question of asking yourself, what is it mm -hmm. that life is seeking to express through me? What is mm -hmm. it that life is seeking to create through me? What is it that my soul is seeking to manifest? What What is the highest expression, the deepest impulse of what my soul, life itself is seeking to make manifest through me and to allow ourselves to not project onto that, to not lie about that, to not, to not attach to anything, but to feel the deepest truth of what is seeking to happen. Because many times we think there's a specific life that we should be living. And mm -hmm. to me, freedom is about surrender. And surrender mm -hmm. is the willingness to give up the idea of who we think we should be, to give up mm -hmm. the idea of the life that we think we should be living based on what we've been told, so that we can allow the organic, the authentic impulse expression of our being to begin to reveal itself and manifest to us so that we can then bring our personality, our mind, our body, our personality into alignment with that. In alignment with our deepest truth. And then we can set goals around the authentic direction, the authentic mm -hmm, energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you look at Mandela. I'm sure, I'm sure Mandela's life wasn't what he planned it to be necessarily. Like, no. yeah, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to spend 27 years in prison. That's probably not... <laughs> <laughs> that's not probably a, wasn't on the agenda. That's not on the agenda. And so many times we have this idea of who we think we should be and what our life, what we think our life should be, which is a limited perspective. And when we, when we we don't even realize that we are actually limiting the fullness of life. And so I think something happens when we surrender, when we let go, when we stop trying to force life into a certain direction, manipulate life into a certain direction, project life into a certain direction, which limits life. And we get attached to this idea and instead just allow ourselves to feel the deepest truth in our heart, the deepest truth in our soul. Then we can align with the strategies and the marketing and the focus mm. and the planning around the authentic energy. And I think really that is the key. That is the key. I'm with you 100% on that. Um, um, in my book, Stepping Beyond Intention, because um, people often ask me about the surrender piece. They say, well, how can you talk about intentionally? What about surrender? I say, but what are you surrendering to? A lot of people are going into surrender without actually having that connection to self. So all they're surrendering to is the programs. Neither intention nor surrender, I feel, can go anywhere productive until we're coming through the heart instead of going through the mind. Yeah. Uh, the mind I find to be a great tool, but unless it's led through the heart, it's a, it's like a wild animal running around, I'm going to do the thing. And like you said, people are chasing after this. And I, I love that question you've asked. If goal setting was the thing, then all of these people that have achieved great things, number one, wouldn't be committing suicide like all these celebrities do, right? Number two, by their fruits, you shall know them, right? And I, I love that because that's that line in scripture, just it just takes a lot of questions off the table. My wife and I were talking about Elon Musk yesterday and she's like got this thing, oh, Elon Musk is this, Elon Musk is that. I was like, well, let's just look at, instead of looking at what the gossip is, 
we don't have to project. We don't even have to really know him as a person. We can look at the fruits, what's going on. You know, uh, so often I, I think we lose sight of the fact that if someone is holy, we don't need an Instagram post from them to say how holy they are. We can look at the fruits of (laughs) the actions and the impact that we're having in the world. I can say that I'm this and I'm that. Well, what's going to speak more than any of that is how I'm showing up. And at the end of the day, if we were looking on these possibilities of people being of a certain nature based on their intention or their success, then we would see the fruits of that. But what we see a lot of the time in that is emptiness, greed, self-serving, not all. But we do see that a lot. So, yeah, 100% with you that let's step back from all the goal setting and all the things and come back to here, come back to the truth of who we are, which I feel really is the the divine self that expresses through us. Because I personally don't believe we can create anything, anything really, unless we're at the level of our true divinity. Other than that, we're running around in circles. We might have a temporary creation or a temporary relief, but manifestation that holds, creation that holds, something that changes that holds is exactly where you're coming from, that really truth and heart soul-centered expression. Otherwise, otherwise I think we end up manifesting. We can, we can manifest, but the manifestation will be limited. The manifestation will be empty, limited. And when we truly surrender, and we truly mm-hmm. open ourselves. I think that's when we we take the limitations off of life and we open ourselves to the infinite possibilities. And I think that's when life itself can, it's, it's that's when life itself starts to manifest through us mm. in ways, in ways that go beyond our personality, personal power, ego's ability to create life manifest. We're no longer the doer. We we show up, we give our best, but we tap into the power of the universe, the power of life, which flows. And I think anyone that did anything truly great, like a Jesus, like a Buddha, like a Gandhi, like a Mother Teresa, who were really normal people, they weren't extraordinary human beings, but they surrendered themselves to something bigger than themselves, which was really the divinity that, that was at the depth Express of their freedom. being. And, mm-hmm. and that's what manifested through them. That's what created through them. I think what life can do through us and as us is, is more than what we can do on our own. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think the mind in so many ways has this idea of, oh, it's got to be like this and life mm-hmm. has to look this way. And I got to, I got to have this thing when maybe life is seeking to create something way bigger than we can even project and intend and visualize. Mm. It's, I love what you said, beyond intention. It's beyond what we can intend because even what we can intend is based on our mind. What we can intend is based Basically. on our mind, which is based on the past, which is based and on condition, and based on what we know. So all <laughs> mm-hmm. we're gonna do is create some modified version of what we know. But when mm-hmm. we truly let go and surrender and live in that openness, mm-hmm. then there's no limitation to what can be created and what can unfold. That doesn't mean we don't show up. That doesn't mean we don't work. That doesn't mean we don't do a part. That doesn't mean we sit there and do nothing. No, we move in direction without attachment, with Mm -hmm. full openness and curiosity, and we Mm -hmm. do our part fully. And to me, that's the key. 
I love that. So when I just um, start, to, we start to bring this into land a bit, just talk a bit more about the work that you're doing and, and your book as well, which uh, we're, we're, we've got it on the book list. So I'm going to be doing a book review on that at some point. We're, we're a bit backlogged on those, but I, I, on average, I read like a book every week or two. Nice. Uh, and then I've started doing a book review show that we've been recording that we'll be posting too. Yeah. So we'll definitely got that on the list. So please do talk a bit more about the book. Yeah, the book is called The Magic of Surrender, and it's all mm-hmm. about surrender. And, and, and mm-hmm. the, pre- the premise is, if you want magic in your life, magic is not some hocus-pocus thing. Magic is bliss, joy, abundance, you know, prosperity, whatever is beyond what you can even imagine right now. If you want the magic, you've got to surrender. And to me, mm-hmm. surrender is really the password to freedom. Surrender is really the key to all of the great ones. When I look at all mm-hmm. the great ones that I've mentioned, at some point, they all had to surrender themselves, surrender their lives, surrender their vision, surrender themselves to that which was living through them and living as them. And I think that's when they tap into a real level of greatness, the real level of greatness with a capital G. And and look what happened. You know, look what Mandela moved the world. Gandhi Mm -hmm. moved the world. You know, Mother Teresa moved the world. And so there's an idea that we have in our culture that, well, if you surrender, it's passive. If you surrender, it's Mm -hmm. weak. If you surrender, you're not going to manifest. You're going to be you're going to be homeless. You're going to be broke. You're going to move to the Himalayas. If you surrender, you're going to be taken advantage of. You're going to get less. I'm actually kind of proposing a new paradigm and a new way of living that what if you surrender and in surrender, you didn't get less, you got more, you got mm-hmm. more than you could imagine. And that's the, the, the sort of foundation and premise of the book, the magic mm-hmm. of surrender. Amazing. Amazing. And the work that you're doing in the world now? Yeah. The work is I've been doing it for years and uh, I do seminars all over the world, uh, big events, small events, uh, you know, I do intensive transformational retreats. What, what I really help people do is I help people uh, unravel and uncondition themselves from the patterns of conditioning that we have uh, developed over the years, mostly from childhood. And we've developed over the years that ultimately prevent us from fully expressing the, the greatness, shining our light fully expressing the love of our being. And so I don't I don't coach people. I don't even teach people. I don't train people. I I uncoach. I unteach. I mm. untrain. I uncondition people from the patterns that we've mm. built up so that we can connect with who we really are, our true essence, our wholeness mm-hmm. and our completeness. And and I help people live from that place. Um, mm. and I and I do that I do that all over. Well, I definitely am going to be on the on the list to get to one of those uh, one of those events. And guys, we'll make sure we pop some links. Where's the best place for people to find you uh, yeah. and get more information about what's going on? A couple of ways. Uh, my main website, coopblackson.com. People can mm-hmm. go there. If mm-hmm. people want to take a deeper dive, uh, one of the events I do is in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com. I'm mm-hmm. on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And my book, Magic of Surrender, is on Amazon. Well, definitely we'll pop some links to that in the show notes. Kurt, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. Looking forward to uh, uh, developing the relationship and, and continuing to, to bathe in, in, in these wonderful conversations that we've had today as it evolves. So uh, guys, make sure that you go ahead and check out all the things, all of the things. Grab the book. I'm going to be reviewing it. So if you're uh, waiting for me to review it, fine, but make sure you get it because I, I, for one, am really excited for what it's got to say. Just this concept of unteaching, uncoaching, unlearning and breaking those patterns was really good. I love the way that um, that we've looked at 
surrender as this active, not a passive thing and how you've, you've given us from your own life experience what can happen when we tap into the magic of opening up and actively allowing the divine to flow through, flow through us. Appreciate you. Uh, much love, guys. Um, please do share this episode with someone else who you feel could do with some uncoaching, unlearning and unprogramming. Uh, do again, head over to Coot's website and get some more information about all of the things. Until next time, dream with your eyes open. Remember you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven and surrendered life. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.